The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking again about our AI failure series. So we're going to, we, if you haven't been tuning into AI Today, or maybe this is your first AI Today podcast, we've been talking about the fact that many folks are, are citing some pretty high failure rates for AI, you know, something like 70, 80, 90%, well, not, maybe not 90%, but like high double digit percentage failure rates in AI projects. And people are coming to the general conclusion because people sometimes don't dig below the surface and they say, well, I guess AI doesn't work. Right. Or oh, I guess these products are all smoke and mirrors. And that's generally not the case. I mean, yeah, there's some products that are not so great and some AI things are com completely science fiction. But uh, a lot of the reasons for the AI project failures come down to just people do not doing the right things in the right order, skipping things of, uh, and, you know, making big assumptions. And well, we've talked about a lot of them. You know, we've, we've had five previous podcasts on this topic. This is actually the sixth on this topic. And, you know, we talk about many of these reasons of data quality, data quantity, not applying the right methodology, you know, issues around ROI and issues around um, basically data understanding and all that sort of stuff. And even about, you know, running proof of concept versus pilot. You can hear all those in previous podcasts. And if you are interested, you should listen to those because this podcast today, this is not the only reason and maybe not even the biggest reason why AI projects fail, but it is definitely one of the major reasons why AI projects fail. So just pointing that out, please do subscribe if you aren't subscribed. And if you also, if you are liking this series, if you, this is the, maybe this is the fifth or sixth you've been listening on this series. If you like this failure series, please do let us know by providing a review, review our podcasts, iTunes and all these other places. And basically, you know, give us that five-star rating. That's always what we'd love to see. But, you know, honestly, we just want your feedback too. provide a note. Say, I really love the failure series. And I really love this in particular. That would really help us understand we'd make more of these, or maybe we, maybe we should dive deeper into some of these reasons, or maybe we talked about you on this podcast and you're a celebrity and you want us to want to say something about it. But anyway, um, <laughs> we are here to talk about one of those major reasons. Exactly. And the reason that we thought it was so important to have this AI project failure series is that folks don't talk about failure enough. And there's a lot to learn from it, you know, especially if you learn from others' failures so that you don't need to make the same mistakes and your project can succeed. At Cognolytica, we have seen hundreds, if not thousands at this point, of different use cases and different AI projects. And these are common reasons that we are seeing AI projects fail. So as Ron mentioned, we've seen data quality reasons. We've seen projects fail for data quantity reasons, for ROI not being justified, um, you know, a, a bunch of different reasons. But in particular today, we want to talk about an, one reason that we're seeing projects fail is that folks are building models before they actually know how it's going to be used in the real world. This can cause a lot of issues because if you're building a model that's meant to be on the edge 
uh, you know, an edge device, but you need to have full connectivity, uh, you know, to the internet, then you're going to have some major issues. So it's important before you start your project that you are addressing this and you're saying, okay, how, how am I going to use this model in the real world? And then now we're going to build this project around that. And this is a reason that we're seeing seeing these projects fail because people get so excited. They just want to move forward and they're not thinking through this, you know, in great detail. They're not following best practices, methodologies. They're not writing things down. Maybe they're not involving stakeholders and different, different people throughout the entire process, especially at the beginning. And so they go ahead and move forward and you're just like, why did you do that? Yeah. So there's actually uh, two different versions of this problem. Actually, Kathleen talked about one of them, which is that the way in which the model will be used is different than what may have been originally estimated or expected or um, your guest assumed. Right. That's one thing. The, the second version is just that the environment of where of how you're developing the model does not match the environment in the way that the model is being used. There's something different about the environments. Now, we talked about a version of that actually in a previous podcast episode where we talk about the problem of pilots versus proof of concept, because proof of concept, proof of conceptitis, prototypeitis, researchitis really fails from this, fails from that second problem quite a bit, which is that there's assumptions that are made in a, in a very controlled environment. And then when you go to the real world and the pilot, they don't match. So, so we've already kind of dug very deeply into that. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, you should. But, but it, there's there's a more subtle version of that where even if you do have a real world pilot, like you're you, and you're using real world data, and your projects are being used in a real world environment, and you're all of a sudden you're like, huh, that's interesting. This this worked in a pilot with real world data and real world scenario, and it had some success here, but it's not having some success in the real world. Or maybe over time, the success is starting to fail. This is where projects get into trouble because you're like, well, you know, um, a, a version of this, there's lots of versions of this problem, but one version of this is let's say you have a model that's supposed to reduce people's time, right? So um, maybe there's some repetitive task and you want to create a machine learning model whose job it is is to help with that task. So let's say you're classifying, you're, you've got some documents that come in and usually a person needs to spend, let's say an hour or two of their day just looking at the PDF files and classifying them and sorting them and moving from folder to folder. And you're like, that's not a good use of human time. And, and you're, you're right, that's not a good use of human time. So are you going to build a little document classifier that automatically takes your inbound PDFs, looks at them using NLP or image or whatever your method is, and you're going to sort them. This is a contract. This is an invoice, blah, 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 or maybe even extract the data automatically, take the stuff out of the invoice document and put it into your invoicing system. Because people do do that. They actually look at PDFs and they cut and they paste. It's not a really good use of human time. And, and, and you put it in the real world and it kind of works. But what you're finding is like, huh, that's interesting. I'm not really actually reducing the time. You're like, I thought this was going to cut an hour or two out of their day, and they're still spending the time. And and this is kind of where you're like, oh, man, either you built the wrong kind of model or the documents that are actually coming in don't really represent the major flow. This is part of that um, 80-20 rule. It might be that 80% of the time that's being spent is being spent on 20% of the documents, right? Not even the majority of the documents. You'd be like, man... For most of these documents, I can go click, 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 you know, I can get this done quick. But it's when I get to this kind of document, I get stuck. And that's how I spend 45 minutes of my hour, right? And you're like, if you built your model 
for those 15-minute problems and not for those 45-minute problems, you might find that your model's not providing the return because you're like, oh, yeah, I solved the easy part. And you're like, yeah, but people are spending time on the hard part. So that is one version of the problem. That's this one part of the problem where it's like the, the way in which your model is being used and the environment just does not match your, uh, I guess, um, better assumed, <laughs> your optimistic, I guess, expectations. But there's this other one. That's what Kathleen's talking about. It's like, okay, well, let's assume it does match your expectations. It's supposed to like, you're going to build a model to unlock a phone. The way in which the model is actually being implemented does not match the way that you assume. So that's a different kind of problem. Let's get into that. Exactly. So taking the example that Ron mentioned with, you know, I'm going to have my phone, that edge device that I was talking about, and I'm going to have a model on there that unlocks the phone with your face. Well, if that has to be connected to the cloud, you have to have, you know, full connectivity in order to do that, then you're going to run into issues because what happens if I'm in, you know, I'm I'm walking in the forest and I don't have good cell reception, but I want to have my phone with me so I can, you know, uh, look at a map that I have on there as a saved version, then I'm going to run into some issues. Or if I'm in airplane mode, for example, I'm on a plane and, you know, I have no connectivity there. So you need to make sure that you're thinking this problem through when you're building your model. Because if you are building your model to not match the real world, then there will be issues. Now, sometimes there can be backup methods. So, you know, with your phone, you can always type in a passcode, but that really defeats the purpose of then even building that model if people are not going to be able to use it. And so you'll find that you have built something that's not usable and it will just be, you know, a waste of time and resources in order to do that. So it's really important to make sure to think about that. And you need to be thinking about that at the beginning. And we say this is, you know, think through your projects beforehand, which is really a main reason why we see things fail. People get excited. They want to move forward. They're not thinking it through. And then they get to every different phase of the project and they go, oh, we have to think about this. Oh, this took more time than we realized. Oh, we didn't think this through. We need to go back hopefully you're going back because if you're not, then they're just powering forward and there's going to be even more problems. And you need to continue to make sure that you're thinking about these, which is why at Cognolytica, we're always advocates of best practices, methodologies. Make sure that you're following something. This should be documented, written down so that everybody can see this. You know, you really should be able to see what's going on. We've talked to far too many companies where people tell us they're following a methodology and it's but it's in their head and it's not written down and so one really it's written in your head and you think that that's a methodology eh, probably not probably not going to be repeatable because if it's in your head the chances of you forgetting a step is quite high and if you leave the project how are other people that come onto the project later supposed to know what you've done they don't because it was all in your head. And then you take it with you when you leave the project. So just make sure that you're following some sort of methodology. At Cognolytica, we're advocates of CPMAI methodology. You can go to courses.cognolytica.com. If you're interested in learning more, you can also sign up for our training and certification. But just in general, make sure that you're following something. And that's really, at the end of the day, why a lot of these projects fail because they're not thinking it through. So, you know, 
yes, of course you're going to build a model before you know how it's used in the real world. If you're not following some sort of methodology and set of steps and, you know, answering specific questions along the way, because you're just getting excited and you want to move forward with the project only to realize, er, maybe I should have thought about this at the beginning because now I've just spent a ton of time doing this and it's not actually going to work. Mm-hmm. So in the first phase of uh, CPMAI methodology, any sort of project, and there's this AI go, no go. And one of the things that um, a lot of those, uh, and those are basically showstoppers. You can think of them as, as like showstoppers. If you answer no to any of the AI go, no go questions, the answer is you should not be proceeding with the project. That doesn't mean that you won't, but if you do proceed with the project, even if the answer is a maybe, you realize you have failure modes. So we actually talked about that quite a bit. In our uh, earlier podcast, we can link back to that where we talk more detail about the AI Go No Go. One of the steps in that AI Go No Go, which was actually developed by uh, Intel, by the way, and we uh, in- incorporated it into CPMA methodology as a best practice, is you say, can this model be used? Is the flow for this model make sense? Basically, where you want to use the model doesn't make sense to actually use the model. This is why we were talking about this facial recognition opening your phone. And you might say, well, uh, you know, even if the answer is maybe, then you get into the situation where, as Kathleen said, it defeats the purpose where it's like, if the model cannot be used, you have a backup mode because no one's going to let their phone be on, you know, unopenable. But if you're using the backup mode, like eight times out of 10, then that means that your project is a failure. And, and people are going to be like, man, why did we spend all this money on this model and cleaning the data and doing facial recognition and retraining and blah, 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 and doing a phone. And we got to make sure that the performance is good and putting the chip in the phone, which was Apple did, they put a chip in the phone to expedite it. And if, you have to do all that stuff with engineering and manufacturing and prototyping and delivering to find out that still eight people out of 10 are not using that feature. That is considered not to be a success, even if the model works, even if the model actually really, really works. If it's not being used, it's a failure. And so that is, I think, the moral of this story. That's like the that's the moral of this failure mode, which is that, man, I thought we had a great pilot. I thought we had a great thing, but the adoption is not working. And that's just as bad as if it didn't work at all, honestly. That's just as bad as many of the other reasons. And so um, you have to really answer a strong yes to this question. We, we really encourage everybody who's going through the AI go, no go. Everything needs to be a strong yes. The stronger the yeses are, the greater likelihood you will have a success. The more that those green lights are kind of yellow lights or amber lights and going to, well, hopefully not red lights, the more the chances you're opening yourself up to failure. So um, just as in the previous podcast, we talked about make sure everything's a pilot. The next thing you should do is make sure that when it's actually out there as part of actually even your fifth phase of CPMAI in the model evaluation phase. So that's everybody assuming you got your green light. Yep, yep, it makes sense to put it out there. When you are evaluating that model, is it true that people are actually using the model at the levels at which you want them to use the model? Are they using, is it it saving time? Is it saving the 45 minutes or is it saving the 15 minutes? If it's saving the 45 minutes, you're good. Saving the 15 minutes, you're kind of risking this thing not providing enough value. So even if you get all the way to phase five and you say that we do think we have a solid value proposition, this is a real pilot, and it does make sense to use the model where we say we want to use the model, if it comes back that people are not using the model the way you say your model, you should carefully evaluate where the project is right now before you keep going and say, What can we do to improve the adoption of this thing? Even if the model stays the same, the data stays the same, data quality, 
maybe you're like, you know, maybe we need to use, maybe we need to train it on this other data that's uh, where people are really getting stuck. Uh, maybe there's something about the way people are using facial recognition. Maybe we shouldn't use it. Well, obviously the answer is, of course, in, in the case of Apple, they're not connecting to the cloud. You, you can't have an, an internet connected facial recognition model and expect it to work when you have bad internet connectivity. Obviously the model has to be on the phone. So you have to change the operational consideration, make that a model operate on the phone. And if people can unlock the phone while disconnected in airplane mode, you got a success. Your 80% not user rate will become an 80% user rate, solve the problem. Same model, different operationalization. So um, I think this is helpful because people may not be thinking about this as a failure mode for AI, but it's actually remarkably not as uncommon as you might think. It may not be the most common reason why AI projects fail, but it is certainly, we have seen multiple projects where like, man, people are not using this model uh, as we thought they would, and therefore things aren't going ahead. Right, exactly. I was going to say it's common enough that it's one of our reasons that we thought was so important to share with our listeners on why AI projects are failing. So hopefully by now you've realized the importance of understanding where your model is going to actually be used in the real world before you implement that so that you are not making the same mistakes that we've others that we've seen others do. Um, as to why their AI projects fail so that you can learn from their mistakes and your projects will succeed. If you're interested in hearing additional reasons why we've seen you know, AI projects fail, we encourage you to check out other podcasts in this series. And I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. These include reasons around the ROI not being justified, data quality issues, data quantity issues, and others. If you're interested in hearing upcoming episodes on this, our AI project failure series, as well as others. We have some incredible interviews coming up as well. We encourage you to subscribe to the AI Today podcast. We publish weekly different podcasts. So please do make sure to subscribe so that you can check out all of the podcasts that we have coming up and you can get notified. We also always love to hear from our listeners. I know that many of you have been reaching out to us, sharing you know what you like about the podcast, different topics that you'd like us to focus on going forward. So continue to reach out. We love to hear from you. You can do that in a variety of different ways. You can email us. So our uh, the best email to reach us at is info at cognolitica.com. That's info at C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. Or you can rate us. We uh, look at all of our podcast reviews. So please make sure to rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and leave a review as well. Let us know which episode or episodes in particular you've enjoyed. And we're also reachable on social media as well. So Twitter or LinkedIn, you can find us there. Definitely leave your comments there and we'll make sure to see them as well. So we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including links to additional podcasts in our AI failure series and other ones that we've touched upon with you know, model evaluation and different things about uh, models that are related to this topic that we think would be important for you to listen to so that you can check those out as well. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. 
Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.